Welcome everyone to Sergey Ross podcast where I'm super excited to explore the mindsets of high achievers here on this podcast to learn about how they got where they are and what advice advice they can give to aspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, job seekers, anybody who's trying to be, be better and achieve the success. This is the podcast for you and I'm super thrilled to have Nancy Spotton as my first guest on episode number one. You are a two times cancer survivor, you're an athlete, you're a business owner right now of your own company, uh, you're a top performance coach, developer of talent for 25 years inside big companies. Really appreciate, Nancy, you coming uh, on to my podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Uh, awesome. Well, the first question I have for you is, uh, you have a successful career, you're an athlete, you just landed a great job and you're doing this medical check, you're going through 10 doctors, they're telling you how everything works well, you're, you have a great metabolism, there's 11th doctor that tells you you have a problem. Walk me through what goes through your mind and what do you do from there on? So the journey when I arrive at MedCan the reason why I went to MedCan was I was more fascinated about the processes. How can you possibly see 11 doctors in one day? And I was amazed at how yeah. it was a beautiful system. And it was every doctor that I interacted with was excellent. And then all of a sudden you get Wanda and Wanda touches you on your arm and says, you're sick and it needs to be taken care of right away. So for me, all I do in, in all of the things that I do in life is, well, I've got a problem. Okay, well, what's the solution and how do we charge forward to the solution? And then I land at Princess Margaret. I'm sitting in front of the lady who is probably a resident. I don't think she was a doctor yeah. yet. She was a resident and she's sitting there and she has to tell me I have cancer. And wow. it was like her voice is shaking and she feels terrible. But I think what threw her more was my response. Okay, great, I've got cancer. Okay, so how do we solve the problem? And she was expecting a different response, but right. that's my response. Well, what's my end goal? What are my performance goals? And let's get started on the journey. We gotta take care of this. This is a problem, let's focus on the solution. And then I left and I remember leaving Princess Margaret and I stood there at the door of Princess Margaret. It's very busy at the entranceway. And I remember thinking, well, if I'm going through this journey for a reason, I may as well do, may, might as well do something different as a result. And I remember specifically, and you and I have talked about mindset, right. thinking, I'm going to be more open. Because I was always very closed about me personally, mm. but I was always very open to other people about other people. But I said there, I'm going to actually change my mindset and I'm going to share my story. And I posted on Facebook and I think that I eliminate I, I post it and then I would delete it and I post it delete it and post right. it delete it a hundred times and it was like people don't really want to see this people don't really want to hear this but it was an amazing and transformational piece that I by being open learned so much as a result I had lineups of people because I was sharing my journey right. on, on right. Facebook I had lineups of people they would their kids would make me cookies and they would drop them off at my door with a little handwritten note. People that I haven't spoken to in 20 years. It changed my life. Wow. An it's, open mind. Yeah, it's unbelievable. How was your 
Did you approach the whole journey as like an athlete? There's a problem. What was my plan? How do how am how am I going to change that? Or there were some other things that you did afterwards. No, it was really about just that. Where is it that I want to get to? I want to make the Olympic team. Okay, well, I've got to make the world's team and I've got to do really well at the world's and I've got to really do well at the nationals and I've got to do well in rep. Like it all works back, same right. as an athletic journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the opportunity for me was to, all right, well, the only percentage that I'm listening to is the one in my mind, which is 100%. And that's where that part of the journey where they tell you your survival rate, that is absurd part of the journey. Like it just takes mm. you into a space that is not a healthy mindset. My mindset is 100% and that's how I charge through. And every single day I wake up with, what am I gonna learn today? How am I gonna add value? And I actually got to the point where I was in a really dark space because uh, chemo and drugs, uh, really the way that your system responds to mm. it, puts you in a mental state that I had never been in before. But then I said, well, how am I going to get out of this state? So there's part of the journeys. Um, there's other journeys within the journey. How yep. am I going to get out of this state? Well, I can't find a big joy. It's not this gigantic bombshell of sunshine that's going to drop on me. I have to look for the little things. Okay, so I'm going to look for the little things. I'd look at people giving their seat up on the subway, and I'd be like, that is so kind of them. And that would give me a tidbit of joy. It would give me a minute. But that tidbit of joy, every single little tidbit of joy that I was noticing gave me final conclusion is joy. I was back to joy. That's incredible. And you really focused on the small things to uh, get the pleasures and to get the small wins every day to yes. keep the, the journey going. Yes, so much so, yes. Got it. Wow, that's unbelievable. Uh, and how did that, so you were an athlete how did that your journey change after that? Were you doing the same thing uh, or you, you, you've shifted in your professional life while, while you were going through the recovery? So are you talking about when I chose to change and zag in my career? Or yeah. am, okay, so right. in the middle of my diagnosis, I was working. I went through fighting and I worked at the same time. And while I was working, I was getting a little bit frustrated and exhausted by what I was able to put out every day. But I arrived at a point where I got pneumonia. And when you're in chemo and you get pneumonia, that's not a good thing. So I land in the hospital again and it was just like, I am so tired. I am really tired of, of what I'm doing. Where, where am I really good? What makes my heart sing? So I asked myself my own questions and what makes my heart sing? I turned my face to the sun. I was like, God, I just want to help people succeed. And it was at that point I reflected and went, my entire journey has been about building teams and people. And that's what I joy. And I do it within other categories of business, tech, events, sales, marketing, whatever. Right. But really what my sweet spot is, is I, t I build top performing people and I build top performing teams. I'm just going to do that. And I don't even know what that looks like, but I set a goal. I'm going to help 100 people succeed. I took money out of the equation so I could figure it out. And I just gave a ton of value to people. And I found out how to move forward. And it was that distinct decision mm -hmm. by asking myself my own questions, what makes my heart sing, that led me on a journey of incredible, rewarding 
and challenging and interesting um, this interesting journey that has led me here and right. now I'm so much a better person than I was when I started that journey when I asked that question that's incredible and uh, you uh, also walked away from 10,000 hours of your practice or your expertise you had in, uh, in, in your area uh, how did you make that decision what was your expertise in and how do you shift it from there to what you're doing right now Okay, so I walk away from years and years of building a portfolio of respect and, um, I can't even think of the word, but mm. uh, I have achieved a status in sales, marketing, service, et cetera, in the sport community. Really what I did was I took that information, I took that those skills and I took that learning and I took that network right. and I just moved slightly in a different direction but with the same people that I had built that respect up with the same network I still worked with but I did it in more of a, anybody brand service etc those skills are skills that people in this world are far better at than I am hmm. But there are a few people that are as good as I am in the coaching and building teams. Right. And that's where, when I realized that, mm. I started conversations with the same people, but yeah. different conversations. Yeah. So yes, I had built 10,000 hours in the area of marketing, sales, and events. But the reality was, there are a lot of people a lot better than I am. But there is few. there are a few people mm. that are as good as I am in this space. So I just kept the same network, right. but I had a different conversation. Got and it. when I realized that, that I would be in this, like the vo my voice changed. Like it just came from right. my gut and it was, I was really happy in this space. But that means that I was really good in this space. There I was kind of there at 85%. Here I'm at 100. Mm -hmm. And that makes a difference in the outcome and the output absolutely. and in my voice. Absolutely. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great mm -hmm. answer. That's so true. I, it's just focus on your strength. But totally. paying attention, it's how. You always talk about how. What are the hows? Yeah. You got to stop, and it starts with looking inside. What are you really good at? What makes your heart beat faster? Those questions to yourself, those self-reflections, so few people spend time mm -hmm. understanding them and who I am as a person. And I had done that too. I had spent 20 years being very, very busy. I was running around, I drove, and I was very important, I was really, and I was shaking hands, and it was all about my brand, and hi, I'm at the Toronto Blue Jays, and I have a big budget. Like, really, I didn't look at who am I as a person, and then I realized, oh yeah, who am I? I'm a coach. What I find is also, uh, is that how is not that important. You really want to find your why first, and then you'll always figure out the how, but a lot of times it's so easy to get caught up in the how. You have... Uh, a big goal you set a big goal you're like oh my god I, I have no idea how am I going to achieve that I don't have any ideas right now well it's gonna fail and it's so important to focus on on why do you want that and then you will find the people who will help you, you will find your how if you're fully committed to it so the why is so much more important and what you really enjoy as well okay so here's what I would I would I like your thinking and yes you are right and why questions tend to trigger your paleocortex? So why questions tend to get a bit of panic? Why, why am I doing this? Why, why, why? The reality, a better way to ask that question right. about what you are at your core, at your center, what are you really good at? What do you love in life? 
it is more about a what question mm. and leading what questions to what questions to what questions instead of why why do I exist that's like I don't know all of a sudden I really don't know yeah I wouldn't have gotten to where I got to had I asked a why question but I got to where I got to because I asked myself mm. the what question like heart sing for me that that resonates with absolutely. me absolutely yeah. totally well this is this is great so you said something about pushing yourself to be your best, your you. How do someone who wants to achieve great success in life do that on a consistent basis? To push themselves to be at the, at the very best. What are some of the strategies? What are some of the things that they can do to be really at their best? On a consistent basis, because I find a lot of people are uh, at their best in a short period of time or on a day, on a certain day when they feel it but then they drop off. I would echo your comments earlier that it requires clarity and clarity could be this. So you talk about goals and goals are finite, but I start with a vision and it is about, this is what Meryl taught me. Vision is infinite. Goals are finite, infinite. I'm about infinite learning. I'm a, I, I have no idea. I kind of have a rough idea, but I really don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But I am charging toward that vision. And the vision looks like and sounds like this. And it's still a little cloudy how I'm going to get there. Mm. But I'm going to test and trial and move an inch forward every single day toward that vision. And then I'm going to reflect. And that is part of the processes that you have to go through that I have had success doing. I have my vision and like I said in the post that I put up a couple mm. of weeks ago, it's like the intern in Anne Hathaway mm. and I envision this one floor with 70 people and we're, I'm riding my bicycle through and I'm high-fiving everybody and I know everybody in my team, on my team, and it's white and there's big ceilings and I have this yeah. vision and every day I move an inch toward that vision. Mm. And sometimes I don't know where I'm going to go in my journey, but I take the time. Was it the right way? Was it the wrong way? I know this. I want to create an environment where people help people succeed. That is the journey that I am on in life. My vision of myself is I want to create a culture, an energy in the world where people help people succeed. Great. How can I do that? Yeah. And then every single day, am I going toward my vision? Yes or no? And it is fascinating. Mm. Somebody calls you and says, I have a great job for you. Would you like to apply for this yeah. job? And then you go, oh, really? It's Apple? It's the head? Oh, oh I'd love to go for Apple. Oh, stop. Reflect. I wouldn't even fit there. I'd be heartburn. Yeah. So just knowing yourself is the first part of the journey. Developing that learning mindset and then creating that vision and moving every single day an inch towards mm -hmm. that vision at the same time always having a gut check and that's where a coach i'm always somebody's gut check yeah yeah it's uh, it's interesting because as somebody said the a good plan or a good vision not only tells you what to do but very much tells you not what not to do correct not to go what direction not to go and not what job not to take that saves you years of uh, being in, stuck in the wrong place. Correct, and I would add to this, Sergey, that I have a vision, but I have objectives. Mm. I have five objectives. 
I want to share, I want to test, I want to teach, I want to coach, and I want to speak. Those are my five objectives. If all of this doesn't fit into my vision of people helping people succeed or any of these elements that I have articulated, the objectives, right. if it doesn't fit in, it allows me to make a decision, no. Mm. Does going to Apple, and I use Apple as an example, sure. but sure. does going to Apple allow me to achieve my vision? No, therefore it's not the right fit. So it allows me to make faster decisions. But that clarity is key. What are your objectives? Totally, yeah. It's just, these are like a great set of criteria where you can use every time uh, for any decision you make, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, so you said something like, your brand will be dead in five years if you do not stop uh, being uh, close-minded. And millennials will be 75% of your workforce by 2025. Uh, how does the closed mindset and your personal brand work together or how does a closed mindset work against your personal brand uh, how does that interaction happens and what are some of the dangers that people will run into if they don't change the way they think okay so let me put that question back to you what does a closed mindset look like it's uh, people being afraid what does that look like what does their body position look like? What does their face look like? Right. What does their energy feel like? It looks like closed. Low energy. Did you just pass six of those people in the hall with me? Yeah. They all gate like suck the energy out of me. Like right. I'm I'm I am i am closed. Yes. And the reality is if you change how you handle yourself from a body language perspective, yes. that in itself is the first step of the process. Change your body language, and like Amy Cuddy says, change your body, change your mind. Absolutely. So start there and open yourself up and stop being, because quite frankly, what I see in a lot of the closed body language, mm. the root of that is something that is going, confidence problem, um, they're protecting themselves for a reason. Right. So the first step in that journey is opening up and changing your body language. And that was that reference about dead in five years was a reference to an executive mm -hmm. who had a conversation with millennials who was standing there with their arms crossed and their finger pointing like this. Do this, do that, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. Millennials believe that the world needs to change for them. Companies believe that the millennials need to change and fit them. The reality is this, millennials are gonna win. So open your arms and open your mind. Get out of the ivory tower, come down to the pulse of the earth and figure out what you're going to do and win to win in a couple of years when millennials are ruling the earth. Mm. Companies need to adapt to whatever millennials want, to their values, totally. to attract them to win. And I believe the key is personalization. So this is a whole other conversation. Right. So coming back to the point and the question that you asked, it starts with changing your body position. Right. Opening up your body position, and that will open up your mind. And my personal opinion is it changes your energies. It opens up your heart and soul, too. That's true. I find uh, physiology affects you so much. It's crazy when you are sitting down and uh, you have low energy. It's all, it, oftentimes it's really hard to take any action or to think clearly 
versus when you wake up do a few push-ups or you you just go for a walk it changes your physiology so much uh even you, when you stand even if you stand exactly if you meet exactly. Andrew, like the power pose yeah. which amy cuddy says do the power pose absolutely. it makes such a difference look at those people that we just passed think about the the opportunities that they missed as a result of being so closed and so protected because their body language told them that so it's just interesting it's just a simple but totally overlooked so if you're going to start somewhere start there and you asked a question about habits right. well it takes a long time to get this done so do it every single day and really yeah. is it that hard to push yourself it may be hard to do push-ups but it's certainly not hard to put your shoulders back put your eyes forward and start to welcome people because people make a decision about your personal brand in 30 seconds or less. Yes. They will have a conversation with you and you haven't even said a word. And they will make decisions about you because they have either confirmation biases or heuristic biases. And the reality is they're going to decide I'm in or I'm out. I want to lean in and talk to you or I don't. And that is going to be game changing in your career. You may miss an opportunity to speak with somebody who could change your life because mm. you were this closed minded body language. Uh, it doesn't stop to fascinate me how many things you can miss uh, and opportunities that you will that will take you so far. Uh, like, in, in, you're not making that. If you're not making those changes, you don't really know how much you're missing. But you are missing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends and, what you want to get out of life. True. If your objective is just to be lazy or be the same, I just want to do this for the rest of my life. Then that that's great. If you choose to be great, and millennials choose to be great, they achieve, they, they have expectations of themselves to achieve greatness. Well, it begins with you and nobody else. Nobody else is going to push you to greatness. You have to pull yourself yeah, to greatness. Totally agree. You are driven by a mission to coach millennials and make them next generation leaders, uh, but it really came after your... Uh, your illness and your uh, your discovery of uh, this methodology, the TAIS methodology. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. How did that come about and changed uh, what you're working on? Okay, so I worked for, I was developing these really interesting different ways, learning systems, how to engage the team that I was coaching. And I was doing it at a very high level strategy and leadership work. And it was really engaging. And oh my God, it was so interesting to me. And then I had a, somebody come, come in and they were a different leadership style. And they pushed me to uh, start to develop a different questioning system. So let's, uh, let's start there. Right. I asked myself, the whole journey started with this. How can I build better leaders? How can I build better leaders? What are companies doing that isn't working? Because we have a leadership crisis. 24% of people are happy. That's it. 76% of people aren't happy. The number one reason why people leave is their boss sucks. So if they're leaving because their boss sucks, then companies aren't doing something and we aren't doing something as the leaders. And it takes two. So what are we, what can we do differently and better as organizations to set these people up for the future? And what can those people do to stop hiding in the back of their office, quaking that they don't know what they are doing and they are fearful that they're going to be found out they don't know what they're going to be doing, what they should be doing. You've got 107 people out here who are desperate to connect with you. Well, walk out of your office and figure it out. But that is really tough. 
if you don't have support and you think you know you should what you should be doing. So it started with a question, how can we build better leaders? Then I set a goal and I went on a journey to help 100 people succeed. And it led me, because in order for right. me to achieve my goal, I needed to achieve 100. I had four friends. Yeah. So I went into teaching and I was introduced to the millennials. Mm. And I saw the brilliance, the caring, the energy, the talent of the millennial generation. Right. And I asked myself, if we have such brilliant talent here, I look at these guys here, where do we go wrong? Why are we in a leadership crisis when we've got this huge pool of talent, rich talent that we can leverage and grow? And then I did further research and I realized we promote people at 33, we do not begin to train them until 42. Mm. You go into your career in a typical business, you get trained in a functional skill, you do not get right. trained any leadership skills. Yes. So in the 16 leadership competencies, I train one thing, that's it, self-awareness. Who are you? That's it, that's mm -hmm. all I train, focus on self-awareness, and I focus in the millennial generation, and I do it with data. And then I've built systems around that, right. but, the reality is it starts with who are you? And yeah. if you can work with a millennial, and I'd say early career, it doesn't necessarily mean mm. to be a millennial, but early career, before they've developed bad habits, the way you can code the limbic system to build these brilliant, rich leaders, our future is bright. So that's really the labs that I've mm. created, the leadership labs is like an incubator right. where I can test these theories. And then ultimately what I've been doing is sharing these theories with really strong leaders mm. and the leaders that adopt it into their organization. And that's a game changer for the organization. Yeah, it's amazing. I can relate to everything you said about the, the way that leaders interact with their workforce and some people are scared and are they doing the right thing and leaders are not being not connected with them. In my previous company, it's absolutely like that. Was exactly like that. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. But how, nobody teaches them. Yeah, nobody. No, absolutely not. And and also the fact that the leadership training doesn't happen, and for, until a super late stage in life, and then, and then how are you expecting to communicate with uh, with your with your team, and then everything? Well, you've already spent five, ten years hiding pretending right. you know how to lead but nobody taught you how to lead and nobody's pushed you and nobody's asked you and nobody's trained you except you you were good at a functional skill i'm really good at sales guess what you have a team of 30 people really and you're panicking but because you don't want people to see you're panicking you will then retreat and you will hide and that's the worst reaction you can have you right. need to push forward and be transparent but then you'll get eaten alive so you don't yeah. do it and you yeah. hide in the keg bar yeah. and you drink yeah. yourself and it's really, it's stressful to yeah. watch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I find also that the company culture is so important because a lot of times the company culture will support these types of leaders that do not communicate and it will be okay versus at some companies, at other companies that are really future looking that will it will not be tolerated and they will have a level of autonomy for the workforce that will help folks to connect with their leaders and the leaders will be much better. So they will be getting the feedback session, they will be heard, uh, there will be daily sit downs and things like that. Uh, so it will be a very different experience, but a lot of times it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So 
I wanted to ask you this about the mindset why most people have a closed mindset or reactive mindset as we already touched on why why the majority why the majority people have that closed mindset is this the conditioning from the environment from their family from the way the values that they've been given or or is it a society conditioning or is there something else that makes people being so close to opportunities to ideas experiences and missing out on life i would say the theories that i've developed are this that there are three phases to your development as a person this could apply to an athlete could be applied to people in careers that you go through three phases discovery performance and amplification and it all is rooted in emotional connection and people miss the discovery they miss the discovery and it's that emotional connection to you you need to create an emotional connection to you before you can connect emotionally to a team which would then allow you to reach performance and then ultimately connect to something greater than yourself so that you can reach amplification. That's when this team of people are interwoven and connected emotionally that then skyrockets and, and the, the space is unlimited where you can get to. Right. But when people don't spend time understanding who they are as a person, what makes them unique, what makes them special, and they start to try to blend or start to try to fit in to what other people think they should be, then they spend a lot of time being somebody that they're not. Mm -hmm. And then they realize that they, they lose touch. They don't even know how to begin to explore who am I at my core. Then fast forward to 45 where you're getting $600,000 paychecks because you're in the money markets, but your soul is empty. Right. And you realize what's the root cause of the problem. You actually never figured out what you love, what you're mm. really uniquely good at. And spending time in that space is vital to your amplification journey and it depends what your objective is right. if your objective is only to be mediocre then great don't spend time there i don't care yeah. but the reality is you're going to get stuck and you're going to plateau and then you're going to fall and you can create a few false positives big paychecks etc that's only going to be a false positive and mm -hmm. it's going to hit you at some point in your career right. and the reality is how much do you want to sell your soul and your joy for to give up for a journey that's not necessarily where you should be mm. so spending time where you're really uniquely good understanding you is part of the discovery phase which is vital to reaching amplification got it well it's uh, all comes down to self-awareness and uh, that's right. self-discovery totally and so few people actually do that but that's why i believe what you and i have talked about right. is the future is coaching everybody will need a coach yeah. and everybody absorbs the coaching because you and i right. are very objective yeah. we're going to tell you share with you show you challenge you right. to actually help you find you and i'm not your mother and i'm not your friend and i'm i'm not going to be biased and i'm not going to let you get away with anything I'm going to push. There's a certain level of accountability yeah. that is a safe accountability. And that's where coaches really win. That's where coaching right. Right. will be the future because we have a, a generation of people who believe and could be and should be great. And they just need a teammate mm. to help them unlock their potential. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, so 
this is something that I was curious uh, because he went through this journey of uh, fighting this illness and uh, and Ella, you also teach a lot of that. How? What is your definition of mental toughness? How do you see that in in your world when somebody is mentally tough? They are able to go through challenging life experiences and persevere and win and uh, and and really uh, be successful and be happy, be fulfilled. What? How do you define that? Uh, and maybe some of the examples that you've seen or even in your in your journey oh uh, okay so I I don't call it mental toughness I actually frame it out and call it mental fitness okay so I'm a all about forward moving any thinking any challenges any questions are all forward moving it's not about mental health I don't do mental health that's not my strength I'm about mental fitness right and here is my belief we spend an inordinate amount of time on the, our exterior. We go to the gym. We pay money to go to the gym. We buy makeup. Oh my God, so much makeup. We buy clothes. We get our hair cut. We get glasses that look really good like yours. Yes. We have a lot of time spent on the exterior. We buy a great car. We have right. wonderful boots. And the reality is we don't spend enough time on the mental fitness. Mm. We do on the physical, but not on the mental. And that's another area I believe the future will be a lot of opportunities is in the mental fitness area. And how you do that, how do you develop a mental fitness or a learning mindset? It is vital that you develop the right habits. You read, you push yourself, you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are. You do things that make you uncomfortable. If you just do those three things, those three things, then you fundamentally will change your life. And you may find a little tidbit, a little bit more joy tomorrow than you had today. This is a great answer and I totally, totally agree with that. It's uh, such a crucial thing to do for anybody who's looking for high performance life and life that is really fulfilled uh, and not being just good enough. The last question is, uh, what impact do you want to have on the world? I would love to create a culture, an environment, an energy where people aren't about self-aggrandizement, they are about helping other people succeed. And that's why I conclude that I resonate I resonated, I resonate with the millennial generation. You ask any millennial, they're all about helping other people succeed. I totally want to give them a platform Mm. to help them. But building culture, building a world where people help other people succeed, which is about the power of two. It's about give and take. I give you time, but you give me value. So I expect to give you value back. You aren't just here taking, you are here giving. You give me a book before we arrive here. You give me compliments before we arrive here. You give me a flexibility and, you know, different options for time. You give me value in your opinions. That's the value you've given me. And that is where you help me think. I help you think. That is a power of two. That's how we can change the world together. And it's not just about giving. Here's a a key lesson that I learned. Mm. I help families get out of the ghetto. And I would do it this way. Originally, I would give them money. I'd be like, here's 1500 bucks. Here's money for an iPod. Mm. Here's an... That was a long time ago. Here is an iPod or something like that. And I would give them money. And what I realized is this. That did nothing for them. It didn't help them at all. But when I gave them 
opportunities. All right, come into this project. I'm going to help you learn. I'm going to help you mm. test your skills. I'm going to help you find your voice. I'm going to help you build your confidence. That unlocked a future for them that is they are now unstoppable. Right. And I've got tons of kids out there that have gone through that program. And the kids that I gave money to or the families that I gave money to, it didn't help. So it's about give and take. Mm. And it's a, that really is about expectation I expect you're going to give me value. You expect I'm going to give you value. And then it's a relationship. Right. And it all comes down right. to relationships, right. right? Totally. Absolutely agree. Well, Nancy, thank you so much uh, for uh, sitting down with me for this podcast. Excellent insights and uh, uh, tremendous journey that you had. And uh, absolutely, really, really excited to, to have you with us. That was fun.